0: Morning. Your students, you're dismissed to go with Miss Morgan and Mr. Weldon. Bye, Keller. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. Please don't let me end this deal today without talking about that. Okay. Okay. Good morning. Um, welcome to Christ Community Church. Happy that you're here. I'm happier that I'm here. Um, I truly am. Uh, Let me pray for us. Father God, we want to just stop as we open up your word and look at it and study it. Lord, it's just a book made up of bindings and paper and ink. Got words on the pages. But Lord it's so much more it possesses life and truth and wisdom it's that which you have sovereignly chosen to help us grasp who you are and I pray today that as that song talked about open up the eyes of our hearts David prayed for that. He prayed, God, that you would open the eyes of his heart so that he could see you and know you and understand you and your ways. And I believe you did that for him. And you love us every bit as much as you love David. And I pray that you would do it for us as well. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um. Got a question for you. Uh, let me start off by just saying this is not really a lesson, like a lot of the lessons that we do together. It's more just some thoughts that I wanted us to think about this morning. Uh, we went to uh, down to the beach last week uh, for a few days, and we had such a nice time, and. Um, just watching the ocean, um, it's, it's, and the sky, and the sky. Yes, the weather. Um, um, I don't know. Just it it, it. it has the power to to impact us with glimpses of God that maybe we wouldn't see in other venues. And so I was just thinking about God and His greatness. And uh, so I just wanted us to think about that today for a little while. Um, Got a question for you. Okay. She doesn't know this, doesn't know about this question. This always makes me nervous (laughs) when he does this. So
1: get myself together. Okay, I'm ready.
0: Well, you ask girls questions all the time. That makes them nervous. So, see, turnabout's fair play. They're prepared before (laughs) they come to class. Right, Kate? (laughs) Um, Who's somebody in your life that over time, you realized there was more to that person than you originally or initially thought or gave them credit for. Does that makes sense, what I'm saying. But over time, you're like, "Dang, that person has a lot more going on than I maybe originally or initially thought."
1: This is probably not the answer you're fishing for.
0: That happens to me. Um,
1: every single year when school starts all these new faces come in and i don't know i mean i know a few of them via this that and the other but for the most part everybody is new and i don't know anything if i know anything it's just like some sort of accomplishment a person might have had you know maybe they got an award or maybe they're good at volleyball i I mean i might know that So it's not anyone one specific, but um, no, there's, it's always like, oh, you just said something so wise to me beyond your years. That's a pleasant surprise. Mm. Or, oh, you just said something very vulnerable mm. that I did not expect to mm. happen perhaps mm. early in the school year. Mm. Wow. Look what you have opened up for us about yourself and uh, ourselves. Thank you. you know, so that sort of thing happens a lot.
0: That is not at all where up my mind was going, but the, the exact same thing happens to me. I'm in a group, I meet with a group of guys on Wednesday mornings um, uh, on my back porch and consistently, I, I already think they're sharp guys, I already think they're wonderful guys, but they will say things and I'm like, dang, <laughs> you know, I the... the the insight or the wisdom or i'll tell you the thing that strikes me often will be the humility that they will say things or own things or confess things that it just reminds me of how far i need to go when it comes to humility um how much further down the road they they are is this thing on am i doing this right justin y'all can hear me okay okay all right okay (laughs) 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 um
1: if you listen to children, children will do that as well. You know, yes. they're, they're little yes. and you think they're not, they're not communicating or they don't have the words. Or they, and all of a sudden they will say something from God. Yes. You're like, oh. Yes. Yes. yes.
0: yes. Yes. Thank you. In John 14, uh, Jesus made this statement. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you really sorry if you really know me you will know my father as well one of the disciples Philip said Lord if you will just show us the father that'll be enough that'll be sufficient and Jesus answered Philip don't you know me even after I've been with you such a long time. And I was just thinking about how proximity to Jesus, that, that spoke to me from the perspective that the, that proximity with Jesus doesn't equal intimacy with Jesus. I mean, Philip was... With him, I mean, they, for all practical purposes, lived together, traveled together, ate together, slept together, swam together, uh, worked together. I mean, they, they couldn't have been in closer proximity. And yet Jesus said, dude, how can you have been with me for months and months and months and you don't really know me yet? I just was thinking about that, about how true that is. You know, man, I'm as close to... I mean, I have the closest proximity to Jesus of anybody that anybody can have. I've I've got more Bibles at my house than probably many of your homes have combined. I've got more Bible apps and venues through which I can study about God. I've got more books about God. Um, I'm surrounded by people who know God and love God and walk with God. But proximity doesn't equal intimacy. I also find that passage significant where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he doesn't give any parameters, any boundaries. I am the way. The way to where? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? I'm the truth. Truth about what, Jesus? What What do you want to know? What, what area of the universe would you like to know truth about? i the life. What area of life? What area of life, Jesus? Where can you bring life where there's non-life, where there's death? What area do you want there to be life in? I find that very uh, significant, I guess I should say. Have you been with me so long, and yet you don't know me? <laughs> um, I've taken Sherry, or, well, yeah, I've driven, that's what I mean by taken. I have driven Sherry to, um, I can't, I have no idea how C- many. Crazy Town? That often, <laughs> but that's not, that was not my point today. Um, I've taken you to a zillion movies in particular biographical movies the the, you know the lives of people true real people true people um that i would have never gone to if she didn't say i want to go okay then we're gonna go but if if she didn't exist i would have never gone to see the movie about ruth bader ginsburg Yeah. But no, I'm not seeing that. Uh, or um, Elvis. Uh, yes, Elvis. I would have never gone and seen that in a million years. I wrote some of them down. Elton John, that movie about Elton John. Mr. Rogers, Judy Garland, King George Sixth. <laughs> you know that dude, the King's Speech? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Nash, Stephen Hawking, Alan Turing, that guy that did the code in mm-hmm. the war. Uh, th- those three women in hidden figures. Mm-hmm. at NASA... I wouldn't have seen that in a million years. Oh, my gosh. I mean, um, Don Shirley, that dude that played the piano, uh, those movies about Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth and Winston Churchill. I would have never gone to the movie and seen those. That's not not who I am. That's not what I'm drawn to. But in every one of those movies, I didn't look those up. They, they stuck in my mind. That, that says something. They left an impression in my mind. Those were amazing people. They were not just regular people. These were the most incredible uh, I, they were just, they were, they were amazing people, every one of them. And can you imagine being given the opportunity to spend an hour with one of them? Ask them questions. Listen to them t- tell you a little bit about their story. Uh, listen to them talk about people that had impacted them for good. Um, what a privilege to be allowed to sit in the presence of these people and listen to them for an hour. Can you imagine how tragic and wasteful if somebody offered one of us an hour in the presence of one of these people and we said no thanks can't miss the next episode of walking dead Or Stranger Things, things Stranger, yeah. th- we haven't seen that, but Stranger Things or whatever it is, or one of those uh, video games, you know, Shirley gets in bed at night and she plays this little... Okay, ball. you don't have to tell Okay, me. well, okay, I don't, <laughs> know, I don't even know what it is that you play, what is it you play? I'm not talking about okay, it. Okay, but anyway, um, but to be you told, know. to be offered the opportunity to be in the presence of You know, like I said, Winston Churchill, some of these people, and to be able to listen to them and experience them for a little while and to say, no thanks. I've got other things that are more important to me. Um, In Job chapter 36, it says this. Behold, God is great. Very significant word. God is great. And we know him not. The number of his years is unsearchable. I'm going to read it again. Behold, God is great. And we know him not. We don't know him. We. We don't know this God that is so great. The number of his years. And I don't think that's just referring, although it is referring to his eternal, doesn't have a beginning or an end nature, of course. But I think in the context of God's greatness, what Job is saying is that all... Every year of God's existence by our measuring is so full of great things, they're unsearchable. Where, where do you begin? Um, I wrote that sentence and I was thinking about, my wife loves to watch uh, Seinfeld. Watches it just about every day. And... um. We've watched it forever, since we were newlyweds, I guess, Um, or maybe not that, maybe it wasn't on then, but close, and there's this dude, uh, she quotes Seinfeld all the time, every every situation in life, there is a Seinfeld statement that fits, and one of her favorites is, there's this portly dude, this mailman uh, on the show called Newman, and he is a class A jerk and uh, Seinfeld hates him and he hates Seinfeld and in this scenario uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's girlfriend, female friend Elaine says you know (laughs) there's got to be more to Newman than you you would initially think and Jerry's response is no there's less. <laughs> There's not. Oh no. What Elaine was really saying about Newman is this. He's not great. He's not great. Because by definition, when we use the word great, what we mean is that there was more there than we expect. That movie was great. What are we saying? That restaurant was great. That Ball game was great. What, what are we saying? We're saying they, it wound up possessing or offering more than what we originally expected. The Bible says that God is great. If you put that together, that God offers us infinitely more... than we originally would have hoped for or expected. One of God's unique qualities, those of you that are semi-theologians, one of God's unique qualities is that makes God different than all the other gods that mankind has come up with. Is that the God of the Bible Uniquely, is a God who is revealing Himself to people. The God of the Bible, Jehovah God, He's not someone that people are in search of. All other religions, all other gods, if you, if, they'll tell you. I'm not. This is not my opinion. They'll tell you. Men, people, humans are in search of God, or light, or life, or truth, or something, right? But not the God of the Bible. In fact, the Bible says that mankind is not in search of the true God. We like the darkness. If God is light, stay over there. Don't shine that stuff on me. I like my bad stuff being uh, staying hidden. You keep that over there. What the Bible says is that God is searching for us. God is revealing himself to us. That is part of who God is. He's a God who is revealing himself to his image bearers. And yet at the same time, the Bible says that God is unknowable. Now what it means by that is the more we discover... It doesn't mean we cannot know things about God. We can. But what the Bible would suggest is, or declare, is that the more you and I learn about God, the more there is to know. If I learn a thousand things about God, there's a billion more. No matter how long or passionate or diligent or faithful, I seek to learn about God. There is infinitely more to know about God that I do not know yet. It's sort of like she, my wife loves space. I was thinking Anything, that what's that new telescope that you've been Oh on? the
1: James Webb telescope. She, every,
0: you know, I'm sitting there making my the business, and she likes into these days, little days, exhortations about days. the James Hubble Webb, Webb, James well, Webb. whatever it is, the telescope. Did we start, start getting pictures in two days. And she tells me all about it. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. She loves space. And I think it's a fair statement that who could say I'm an expert on space? James Webb. Hmm. Well, <laughs> well, I think he, uh, James Webb would probably say, I know this much uh-huh. about space, Deeply. and... There's infinitely more about space that I need to learn. Same about the ocean. Who, who would say I'm an expert on the ocean? No, no, no. I might have a lot of knowledge about one little part about the ocean or the human body. What doctor would say, I'm an expert on the human body? No, nobody, no, nobody that's a reasonable person would make those declarations or statements. They, they might have some knowledge about one little part of these things. Well, Des- I think by God's design, God, God created the human body to declare that truth to us. Well, and to this
1: point, you know, if you do pay any attention to space and space exploration, if you will, um, and, and all that, the theory, the, the, the scientific theory is that the universe is expanding. So if that is the case, I was thinking about this at the beach because there's so much sky, right, at the beach. <clears throat> if that is the case, then the, the human mind asks the question, or mind does, well, expanding from what to what? I mean, you know, it's like expanding into what? I, 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 I can't get that. I don't know. I accept the theory, but I, don't, I can't flesh it out. The same is the, the same here. It's just the knowledge of God, the... The vastness of who he is it expands and unfolds. You know a little, and then you know a little more. And is there an end to it? There is no end to it.
0: And that's the point, is that there is no end. There will never be a day when anyone in a hundred billion years, we will still say, I know nothing about God. I know nothing about God. God is so intricate and multifaceted and beautiful. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let me let me let me say this before we go on. This idea that God is unknowable. If you read some of the people in the Bible that knew God best, Moses, David. Solomon, Elijah, Paul, Peter—I'm thinking—I've left out a few—but each, Job, each of those people, in their own words, makes the declaration that God is unknowable. That. That what Job said in chapter 36, Behold, God is great, and we know Him not. These people that I've mentioned, they, they had deep, rich, intimate relationships with God, and yet each one of them confessed, God, I don't know you. Who are Who is this person I believe in? Who is this person that I have come into relationship with? I don't know him. He's unknowable. Solomon said in 1 Kings 8, There is no God like the God of Israel in heaven above or on the earth beneath. Paul said in Romans 11, Who has known the mind of the Lord or who is able to give him counsel? I've been married to this lady for 41 years. And this is the truth. I know her better than anybody on the planet knows her. And yet, rare is the, the month. Sometimes week, where you still don't surprise me. And you'll say something or do something or want something or something that'll make you happy or make you sad or mad. And I will walk away and go, how could I have lived with her for every dead-come-day for 41 years? I didn't know that. I still did not. How did I miss that? How? If there are things about her... That I still don't know, after 41 years of living every day with her. How much more is there for me to learn about the God of the universe? Read that passage for me in uh, Psalm 36, please. Okay. Verses 5-9. through nine. Colin? There it is. Okay. Read that, please.
1: Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O Lord, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. That's a good phrase. For you are the fountain of life the light by which we see.
0: Thank you. I found this verse in Psalm 30. David says, My heart will sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. I've read that verse and hundreds of verses like it ever since I became a Christian. And I've always interpreted those verses this way. I owe God so much that I ought to spend eternity praising Him for all the good things He's done for me. That doesn't sound bad, does it? But sitting there on the beach and more for me up on the uh, balcony on the 12th floor I was reading that verse and some others like it and what struck me this time this week, this past week was what if it's not I'm not saying that we shouldn't praise the Lord out of gratitude and all that yay but what if it means that it will take an eternity just to go through the list. We'll all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. And I will start getting glimpses of God that I never saw before. And Karun will start getting glimpses of God that he never saw before. And Tiffany will get glimpses of God that she never saw before. And you will start praising Him for this, or for that, for this, or for that. And you'll run through for a hundred billion years. You'll get through the A's. And then you'll start on the B's. And that'll take another 100 billion years. And then you'll get to the C's. And then you'll remember some A's that you missed. And you'll have to go back. Do you see how all of a sudden, those verses in Revelation, where it talks about, for all eternity, the nations will fall before the throne of God and lift up praise and adoration. I always saw that the the beast and the the, the martyrs and the angels and the seraphim and all these different uh, people and groups and individuals and beings, they're all falling down in worship. And I always saw that as more of a dutiful thing. And I'm not minimizing that or negating that But but what if the reason we will continually praise God and give glory to God for eternity has more to do with the list of things for which we are giving praise than just dutiful gratitude? God is, whether you and I know it or not, the most amazing, wonderful, interesting, brilliant, fascinating, lovely, multifaceted person that has ever lived. He tells us Himself, Remember my works of long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me. He tells Pharaoh, God himself tells Pharaoh, I am at work in your midst so that you will know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Is God not saying, to you, to me, to Pharaoh, you cannot grasp the depths of who I am. They are measureless, they are endless, they are bottomless. And it will take you an eternity to discover who I am and the fact that I have chosen to love you above all else. I want you to think about the most amazing, interesting, beautiful, funny, captivating person on your list. I want you to think about getting to spend some time with that person. I want you to think about how foolish, how tragic, how pitiful it would be to miss time with that person because we're distracted. We're too busy or we're just blind. Uh, How wonderful they are. I got to spend the week with my grandson and um, he decided that he and I were going to read Pilgrim's Progress together. It's a long book. (laughs) We did it yesterday. No, not yesterday. No, uh, Friday afternoon. We got Christiana into the heavenly city, woo, the celestial city, yeah, woo, finally. But he would, you know, every day, we would read, long, I mean, hours, and he would sit right there beside me on the bed, and then, you know, as the longer we read, the closer he'd get, and then. The longer we read, he'd get one foot would get under this leg, and then one arm would come around. And if I'd have pulled him up to me, he wouldn't like that. He didn't want to be pulled. But by the by the (laughs) by the end of that reading session, he was just you know. What if what if I? It happened every day. Actually, several times every day. What if I had constantly been checking my phone? Or watching dialing for dollars or whatever, whatever's on TV. You know, what what if I had been what what if I had missed those moments with my grandson because I was messing around with lesser things. I just want to appeal to us as we, you know, we're pretty much dead center of the summer. Summer's a wonderful time. My favorite time of the year because it's hot. I, oh, wow. I love it. Not cold. Only time of the year that I'm not freezing to death. And I love it. All you whiners, it, it's hot in Memphis. Good. Yay. May it get hotter. No. I love it. <laughs> um, But the summertime can be a time where if we're not careful, we're so busy and distracted with so many other things that our souls become neglected. Um, How tragic. Um, I mean, isn't that that the, you know, this idea that God is worthy of, He's so amazing that He's more amazing than anything and that He's worthy of us getting to know and that it will be to our loss if we don't seek to know Him. We don't invest that time getting to know Him. Not just appreciate what we already know But seek to discover levels of knowledge about God that we've never known before. I mean, isn't that what God was telling Job those last, what is it, 36, 37, 38, right around, I I don't know, but you know, right there, the last handful of chapters where Job basically says, God, you know... I love you and believe in you and all that, but uh, if I was in charge, I wouldn't be doing this the way you're doing it. And God's response to Job is simply this. Come on. He takes Job by the hand he says, let's go on a walk. And God shows Job the oceans and all those that live in it, the lands and all those that live in it, the mountains and all those that live in it, the skies and all those that live in it. And then he takes him in, into space and shows him all of outer space. And God says, Job, pretty impressive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, God, it's very impressive. Who do you think thought this up? And who do you think moved it from being thought to reality? I am worthy of you getting to know you will never ever ever meet anybody who is as amazing as incredible as me I just find it shocking and I just I'm gonna end here it is shocking who? Oh, Kathy Johnson. That's you. That I was just talking to somebody the other day. She and Don. I forgot. that She's gonna get mad at me, but I can't help it. Um, she and Don spent a king's ransom on these tickets to some goofball concert somewhere. I don't even oh. know where it was. Where was that concert? She's not gonna tell you where, now. Wherever it is. They. They. The lines, and then dang, if she goes to the concert, then then you wind up getting to enjoy it, which I found to be sort of good. But anyway, the, uh, the, the amount of money and time and effort and energy and inconvenience that we go to. You ever taking your kids to Disney World? Oh, my gosh. It's a n It's horrifying. It's horrifying. You ever flown, gone through the airports recently? It's horrifying. We go to such expense and inconvenience and frustration and difficulty to expose ourselves and those we love to to cool things. And yet, we will not stop for ten minutes and turn everything off and tell everybody on the planet to go away. I want to spend some time with the most amazing person who's ever existed. Well, what if that offends them? or They get confused or they don't understand or they develop a phobia or, you know, grow up and got a little psyche problem or something. They'll get over it. They'll get over it. they get over it. The Bible is an amazing book with many purposes. But you've heard me say this today. You've heard me say this before and I'll say it again. The Bible was initially and Ultimately, not written to give us rules to live by, or wisdom to gain, or resources through which we can experience better lives. The Bible will do all of those. But that was not its original purpose, and it's not its ultimate purpose. The Bible was written so that we could get glimpses of God. It was written to reveal to us who God is. David says in Psalm 119, Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish pursuits. Turn my eyes from worthless things. And give me life through the knowledge of your ways. God, do in my life what it requires so that I will stop being so focused on things that don't matter. Inferior things, B-team things, low-road things. Not necessarily evil things, just beating things and turn my eyes so that I'm focused on you. Psalm 86, I love this prayer. The psalmist says, God, give me an undivided and unfettered heart that is inclined to fear your name.
1: Well, that's a prayer we ought to pray out loud every day.
0: We're going to pray it right now? That's good. God, give me an undivided and unfettered heart that is inclined to fear your name. One of the things that I pray for you every day. If you come more than just a handful of times. uh, 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 And let me get to know you. um, I, I pray this for you every day. There are three different metaphors in the Psalms that I love. Regarding this idea. There's this deer that pants for water. It's dying of thirst. And it can't find water. And so it's frantically searching for water. And the psalmist says, God, I want to I be like that deer. I want to be consumed with thirst for you. And I pray for you that God will give you that thirst. I prayed for me too. Don't get confused, don't miss the point. That I'd get up in the morning. And I'm more thirsty to know a little bit more about God than I want to know about anything else going on today. You'll never work up that thirst. I will never work up that thirst. But God can put it in my heart. So, another metaphor it says that like a handmaiden listens for the voice of her mistress. All through the night. She's asleep in her little room. Laying on her bed. But the whole time she's asleep. Sort of like a mama listening for that baby. Crying. That little handmaiden is listening for the voice of her mistress. Just in case she calls. The other one I love is the metaphor of this, this dude that's on the wall of the, of the castle. And he drew the all night watch. And so he's standing up on this wall, the enemy's out there, and it's his job to be first line of defense. And so all night long, he's looking into the dark. There's no spotlights, there's no electricity, there's no, you know, he's just looking into the dark. Listening for the crack of a stick or the crunch of leaves, but he's just listening. And the whole time he's Staring out into the dark. Listening for the enemy. He's longing for the sun to rise. God. When's the sun going to come up? Because once the sun comes up, everything's okay. Then you can see. I pray that for you and I pray that for me. I pray for John Cantrell. Every day. God. Give me and John. John. A thirst like that deer. A heart that wants to hear the voice of God. Like that little girl wants to hear the voice of her mistress. Like that man that longs for the sun to come up. God, give us that. There are some wonderful people in this world. Worthy of us getting to know. There's nobody as wonderful. Or worthy of getting to know. Than God himself. Jesus Christ. He is worthy of us. Seeking to know him. And I just wanted you to. Be challenged. I wanted to be challenged. Be reminded that he is worthy of. He's. So wonderful, and that's not just PR. Uh, that's that's the truth. You want to add anything, friend? Mm-mm. Okay. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We're going um, to celebrate the Lord's Supper here. And I invite you to come and take that which represents wine and bread. And the wine and the bread represent the body and the blood of Jesus. And I want you to eat and drink. And as that wine goes down your throat and that bread is crunched between your teeth, I want you to think about the wonderfulness of the God who died in your place so that you could be by Him in His place forever. By His side forever. And um, when you get through, I want to just ask you to do something. You don't have to. Of course, you don't have to. But... um, You know, the Bible talks, Paul, in fact, I wrote it down. Paul said, I continually ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know Him better. Why don't you um, just, when you eat and drink and remember and give thanks, find somebody... Be bold. Be bold. Find somebody and just put your hand on them. You ain't got to hug them or kiss them. If you, that's fine too. I'll take it if you want to give me a hug or kiss. But you can just put your hand and just say, God, would you give this person an undivided and unfettered heart for you? Or maybe you want to sit there and say, God, would you give my kids, would you give Breland, an undivided and an unfettered heart for you? Or Taylor? Or Gracie? Or Dalton? God, would you give my, or my husband, or my wife, or my parent, or my friend, God, would you give them a heart that is undivided and unfettered? Let's pray for one another. Let's just not just be users. Let's be people that also give back. So let's intercede for one another. If you don't have anybody in the world to pray that for, pray it for me. Lord, help us all. Pray it for me. And uh, also pray for um, Vicki and Abel and uh, Eliana, a little Baby with the eye cancer. She's had a sort of a challenging week. Hadn't gone as well as they had hoped. And she's back at St. Jude. She has eye cancer. And um, so just, just God can. I, I don't know the will of the Lord. Um, but I know that he is able to make that little girl well. And I'm asking him to do that. And I wish you'd pray with me in agreement that God will make that little girl well. Okay. Come on, fellas. Thank you.